Welcome back to the Two Stewards Show. This is the second episode in long-term tenant screening, part of our mini-series on tenant screening. And I, uh, again, interview Brent. And this time we get into some very specific strategies that you can use to uh, help you tenant your place and make sure you've uh, you've screened them properly and get the right person into your long-term rental. All right, hello and welcome to another episode of the Two Stewards Show. We Last... keep doing episodes, Mark, but we never get to the point. <laughs> well, that's that's the point of a podcast, okay. isn't it? You never really get to the point. Oh, but now we're going to get to the point. <laughs> but we are going to get to the point. Episode. With this one. <laughs> we talked about tenant screening last time, and uh, no, we didn't. We were going to. We, we were going almost to. Got there. We talked about a lot of yeah. it. We set the foundation, so okay. we're going to uh, we're going to get into some you more need specific a firm foundation. You know, before you can build a good house that stands yeah. for a long time. Yeah, that's, that's biblical. It is. So I think we uh, we set that yeah. foundation. No foundations of sand in this podcast. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so um, no, but we did we did talk about uh, finding the right place to make sure you set yourself up for success, basically with the right tenants. Yeah. So w- you know, once you've done that, you've got the place, you've renovated it, it's nice, and you know, you guys have your kind of niche at Good Stewards of <gasps> um, higher end places with higher end finishes that you've done, like you've done work to. It's not just Grandma's cabin that. Uh, the cottage yeah. that you know you're, you're shoving people in, so you've got some thought into it, and we're gonna we'll work through that. So we talked about one specific thing after that, which was uh, starting your advertising process. You talked about Facebook. You like to use Facebook. I don't really like to use face. I don't really like <laughs> <Okay>. Facebook, but <laughs> you don't like, like I to. said, I have a love hate relationship with Facebook. So love in the sense that like all of our tenants or ninety percent of our tenants come from Facebook Marketplace. Yeah. But hate in terms of actually having to go on Facebook and deal with this. So um, I don't know if you're like a Facebook guy, if you like social media, but not huge on it myself. So Oh, yeah. No, I love scrolling for hours. Yeah. Just doom, doom scrolling, I think they call that now. <laughs> I've seen that lately. And it's kind of true. Like you're just, it's it's nihilistic scrolling for right. no good reason. Until but... you pause on something and that shows up more. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we use Facebook Marketplace to find tenants. Now... Um, yeah, we were, I guess once you get, uh, an ad, right. Mm -hmm. You, you post an ad on Facebook marketplace. Have you ever done this before? Like there's a little bit to it because you do need a lot of info about the property. Um, you need some pictures, but you put the ad out there, right? Now you're going to get a bunch of tenants responding or a bunch of applicants or what do you call, I guess, prospective tenants. Yep. So, um, Facebook is actually a good tool to use to to find um, it's one of the tools that we use but it's it's a good tool to help find um, market rents as well yeah so if you like that's another problem like we we rent units all the time so we kind of have a sense of like where our units should be in the market yep. based on what other ones went for and whatever um, and people's general sentiment when they come to viewings and stuff you can kind of get a sense like is it way out of market rent but if you're just doing this for the first time like you're or whatever, you don't do it very frequently. Yeah. Um, it can be like, okay, what should I price my unit at? And I've talked to people too lately who are like, you know, they're renting their unit for 10 years and they have one rental unit or something. And then they have the tenant moving out and they're like, what do I list this for or whatever? And you know, the thing is like less than half of what someone on the market would pay for this, right? Uh-huh. Like their eyes are just like, what? Like what happened? Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's without even doing any renovations to the unit or any fix ups. Right. So you, you post it online, you get a bunch of responses and, uh, and these people are going to be like, uh, a lot of the times it's going to pop up in their feed or it's going to pop up on the map or in their search for a rental. And Facebook has this really frustrating thing where it asks you, or basically it's just like a preset message. Like if you want to respond to this rental ad as a tenant, you click, Hey, is it still available? Or I, I can even pull it up right here. Like yeah. what someone says, right. It's like, Hey, is this unit available? Yeah. 
It's like, yes, it's still available. <laughs> and I think every landlord listening is like, ah, right? But I could just see tenants getting there like, you know, 10 o'clock at night and they get out on their couch and they pull up on their laptop. It's like, I want to find a place to rent. And you're just going to click, is it available? Is it available? Is it available? Is it available? <laughs> just go down the list, right? So we get a lot of responses, right? And then, yeah, when you're marketing, you're trying to, you're trying to determine, okay, um, you know, is this person serious? Yep. Like, do they actually want to rent? Or are they just click the button for fun? Or like, uh, are they a tire kicker and they just want to see the place? Or like, uh, you know, are they a, sometimes you get like leasing agents or like people who are like, you know, can I represent you in leasing this house right. or like other company? Like, so there's all kinds of different responses you're going to get to your marketing of your ad, right? You're not just going to get great quality tenants. So when you start clicking down the responses, um, you're going to get all kinds of different stuff, right? So that's generally the first um, step of really screening people, right? Because you've bought a house in a good area. You've kind of eliminated a lot of problems there already, right? Yeah. You've done some work to it. You've got it, whatever. And it's ready to go. You've got great pictures. We can talk about that a different time. But yeah, you got some great compelling pictures of what you're presenting to the audience. And... Um, you've made a list of features and benefits about this property and you post it up there and now you get these responses and the responses are like um, all over the place. And um, that's, that's, that's generally your first interaction with people, right? Yeah. Like um, until that point, you've just been working on the product that you're presenting to them. So like we said before, like a lot can be done there, but once you get these responses, it's like, okay, um, you know, how now, now what? And that's where I think people freeze and they're like, okay, uh, do I just tell everybody how great this property is? Do I, um, you know, just start hitting, yes, it's available. Yes, it's available because there is an automated <laughs> response back and you can backfire. Um, but there's algorithms too for Facebook. Like if you start clicking automated responses or you start using copy paste, like, you know, they don't like that so much. And, yeah. um, yeah, it doesn't bode well for, um, yeah, your future use of the algorithms and like it's uh, that's my love hate relationship right there. Yeah, but um, but yeah, generally speaking, um, like their Facebook profile will show up. So if you're advertising a place, for example, that says you know no pets, yep, and the picture is a dog or a cat, well, right away you can make an assumption that they own a dog or a cat. Or they either are a dog or a cat. That's my assumption yeah. is that it's actually a dog looking yeah. for a place. Which I guess it's not out of the realm. Like if they want to identify as a dog. <laughs> 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 but I mean like that. <laughs> the worst one I had, it was uh, in the picture, it was five ants. Ants. Like yeah, ants looking for a place. And I'm like, sorry, guys, this is not suitable. But then they said, oh, no, we've got five more ants. So I'm like, okay, then you could be good 10 ants. <laughs> oh, I did not see where that was going. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh, man. <clears throat> yeah, I've never had those ants before. We've had dogs, cats, birds, like, yeah, whatever. But... What I'm saying is like, you're going to go through these responses and you're going to go, you know, <laughs> oh man, Mark, your dad jokes. <laughs> I tell you. And right away you can, you can start to judge someone's character, right? Cause that like you presented a unit to them. You did your best in articulating what's so great about this unit, even with the pictures, everything, right? You, you did your yep. best and they're articulating back to you who they are, right? So, um, a lot of the times, like we'll take their name and we'll Google it, or we'll take their name. We'll look them up on other social media or we'll look them up on Facebook and like, who are these people? Um, you know, like, what can I find out about them? Is there something that jumps out that's newsworthy? That's like, you know, okay, well, like that person's a criminal or is that person like, you know, whatever it is, right? Yeah. There's so many different things that you never know you can find. And as a landlord, you're really like it's uh it's the yeah the risk is yours yep right like yep. once you accept a tenant uh like they can stay there for as long as they want until they want to move out right like yes. it's not, like you 
there's uh, there's only limited things you can do to get them out so you gotta be very careful and this is the first step so um i'll just maybe just go through a quick high level process of like so you have this almost pre-screening system where you look through the the people who have messaged you yeah then you have like the time where you actually message them back and discuss with them about seeing the property or whatever it is and then generally speaking we would invite people to view the property because before we do any applications before we do any kind of further screening we want to actually meet them right so we'll we'll have a we'll basically have a questionnaire that we send to them to say look like you know you're interested in viewing the property let's set up a time to meet um in order like prior to the meeting i want you to fill out these questions just so that like I know who you are and you know, if you're a real person and if you're serious about this and if you're qualified, right. Cause you have to kind of pre-qualify these people. Um, and income is probably the biggest thing because, um, you're not at the stage where you can verify income yet. Like, yeah. um, but you do want to know like what their stated income is. So generally we just ask like, you know, what is your stated income or your household income? Yep. Um, gross, just to give a picture of their financial situation. It doesn't give a full picture because we don't know their credit, their other liabilities or, you know, car loans or whatever they have. Right. Um, but it does give a sense of like, okay, is this person gainfully employed do, or this family? Like, do they have source of income somewhere? Um, you know, are they saying that it's more than it is or what? Right. Well, and you'll get like, you'll get the story, like from our, our uh, limited experience doing long-term rentals, you get the stories then too, right? Yeah. And you ask about the income. It's like, <laughs> well, you know, funny thing. <laughs> it's uh, here's what happened. Right. And yeah. it's, I just wanted to know the income. I didn't need your entire life history, but so that's the sort of thing that it. we are totally open to. Right. So when we're doing this process, like we're trying to get that kind of engagement. We're like, if there is an income number, that's great. That's what we want. But if there's a story behind it, that's what we want more than anything, right? Because yeah. or you that, like the stories. Well, because that paints a better picture, right? And that the main thing we do with that as a landlord for all you tenants out there listening who want to, you know, game the system. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> well, what, what we ask these questions, but then we ask them before we do the viewing. But then when we go to the showing and we meet them in person, we'll kind of verify, right? Like we'll, we'll test out their story. And it's a good judge of character, right? Like, is your story consistent Yep. from what you said to me online or in our questionnaire form and what you say in person? Or <clears throat> sometimes, <clears throat> sorry, we've had people who like, you know, maybe the, the boyfriend messages us on Facebook and he sets up the viewing and he kind of gives some information about himself. And then he wasn't able to make it. The girlfriend shows up and she has like, a lot of a different story and you're like uh hmm, that's interesting like yeah and so like those sorts of things are tools for the landlord to be able to you know be able to screen through and sift through information that might be like misleading or um they might be misrepresenting their income or their financial situation right and right away that's kind of a red flag for me anyways right and i'm like i'm getting conflicting stories between yep. what you said you had and what you saying now and it so stuff like that is like a big thing. Like, so make sure you rehearse your stories is what you're saying. Yeah, rehearse your stories. If you're a tenant, get it down. Make sure that when you go into the showing, you say the same thing. <laughs> well, it's interesting because, you know, the process you're describing isn't just like, I got a place, let's find someone to rent it out. Like this is like you're either you're dating. Yeah. Or uh, doing like a job application, right? Where yeah. you're going through all these steps. And verifying things and kind of like it's it's a whole yeah it's a relationship yeah and it's like right? progressive right like we we start with basic stuff like can you respond to my facebook ad in a legible manner like okay can you respond to it first of all yeah. can you respond professionally in a sense that like you know like what's your communication is your communication like well my previous landlord he was a jerk and it's like <laughs> Okay. Mm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like you get, and you'd be surprised what kind of responses you get, right? Like you might have, well, thanks for responding. Um, I'm leaving this situation because I hate the landlord. And it's like right off the bat, you're okay. Um, so anything you tell me beyond this thing, like I'm supposed to be thinking that I'm going to be the landlord you're not going to hate. And yeah. <laughs> like, what are the chances? Right. Yeah. So, <clears throat> um, what was I talking about? <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, if you're if you're dating a girl and all she can talk about is her ex, yeah, then you yeah, know, yeah, bad exactly. sign. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. same, same rules apply, I guess. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, um, but then, um, so you have your very first initial contact when they message you back. Then you have like a pre-screening process that generally, um, like, there's different forms you can use. We created a, our own custom questionnaire on our website, like through our website. There's like, you use Google Forms or whatever, right? But once you get... <laughs> I'm sorry, I got to jump in. It just, uh, I just have this picture in my head now, right? <laughs> of, of Brent sitting there. And you, you remember the, uh, I can't remember what it was called, but the, the dating shows they had back in the 70s and 80s. They'd yeah, be like, bachelor number one. <laughs> <laughs> I can just see you sitting there with three prospective tenants. Yeah. And tenant number one, you know, if I was stuck in a snowstorm, what would you what do? Would you do? <laughs> Welcome yeah. to the, the, the real estate dating show with Brent Vanderwood. Oh, man. Get Last one of those episode skinny mics like Bob, Bob Barker. Ross, and now it's Bob Barker. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I had to get that out there. It was, uh, it was just me apart. Okay, that's before my time, Mark. I'm like seven. I'm like ninety. So. Okay, so we got our initial point of contact. Like, message you back. You got the uh, the the screening form, which you can make your own form, whatever. Come up with a list of questions. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, what is your like? How many people are looking to live in this unit? Uh, you know, how long are you looking to rent for? What, why are you moving? What, like just simple questions like, you know, uh, are you employed or like, what is your household income? You know, does, do you have any other, like whatever you, there, there is questions that go too far too. Yeah. Are like, there things you can't ask? Oh, there is. I'm probably not an expert at this because we just kind of go through the list and make sure that nothing you can't ask at the time when we made the form and now we just use the form and it works great. Yeah. But, but I mean, generally, yeah, you, you, you don't, can't be things that would no, be considered like, discrimination. Are you a white person? Yeah. Like, no, you can't ask racist questions like yeah. that, right? So, um, yeah, you can't discriminate openly in the form. And that's not the point of it, right? The point is just to get a sense of, like, whether or not this person... I think even with, like, sending out a, a form initially is, can you fill out a form yeah. the way that the landlord asks you to? Right. And that's just a sign of like some people don't agree to do things that you ask them to do. And that's like, okay, well, would you, you know, take care of the house if I asked you to like, you know what I mean? Like if you can't fill out a form, then, and we, we, yeah, you'd be surprised like who, who puts up a stink about these things and it's, yeah, it's, it's tough to deal with, but. Yeah, and you're kind of setting the tone or at least gauging what the tone of your future relationship will be like. Yeah, it's going to be a and long-term if, relationship. If this person is combative yeah. and just a pain in the butt, and like here's a note to prospective tenants, right? Yeah. Um, we're expecting that, or Brent is expecting that, in this these interactions, you're going to put your best foot forward. Yeah. So everything you do and say and how you present yourself um, is going to be like the absolute best that you can do. And so that probably the future relationship will be like, you know, you'll be at 80% of, of how you've presented yourself. So if you're presenting yourself as a jerk or as someone who's just not communicative or just not desirable in general, you, we know probably that you're going to be even worse to deal with a year down the road once you're comfortable. Yeah, if there's a problem. Yeah. Right? Because this is like when the unit's perfectly ready to go and like everything's fixed and looks nice and... Whatever. The honeymoon phase. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that is a good uh, illustration. Yeah. yeah. Because that can uh, that can be like this period of time right after you get your nice unit all ready and people think it's all glorious. And the minute there's like some ants walking around yeah. or some... Five or ten. You know, yeah. Five or ten ants walking around and the, like garbage is accumulating and like what well, something something happens and you're like you know i can't deal with this i gotta text my landlord and then it's just you know yeah, yeah there's a falling out <clears throat> so that's a kind of initial process um i recommend people do um and it works really well um create a form create some sort of questionnaire that you can just send with basic simple questions to uh you know check if they're first of all competent enough to fill out the form and responsible enough and that they give you information that's not misleading or whatever. And then 
that's a very general pre-qualification to, okay, now let's have a showing because yeah. that's a time commitment from you. It's a time commitment from them. <clears throat> if they're obviously have no income or they have very low income compared to what you're renting it for or whatever, whatever um, flags you might raise in your initial conversations and questionnaire forms. Um, yeah. You don't want to waste your time. You don't want to waste their time. And I don't want to sound like rude or mean or anything, but like we don't want to have situations where like someone drives out from, you know, the other side of the city and you drive out from here and you meet at the property. And within 10 seconds, you know, like this is not yeah. what you should be renting. And this is not going to work because, um, you know, it just, yeah, like it's obvious, right? Yeah. Just a waste of time for both people. Yeah. And, uh, like we've had units actually a, a recent past too. And we're still dealing with issues like this, where we post the unit and we put the location in, and then you end up with like, uh, another address similar in a different area or like an hour away or something. Like oh. we've had units in, in St. Catharines that we post and they show up in Markham or something. Oh, so really? we got tenants come for the viewing <laughs> <laughs> and they're, well, okay. One tenant wanted to come from Markham to view it. Cause they thought it was, and then the other person was like, you know, Hey, it's in, I'm in, I'm at the property and they send me a picture of the property and it's obviously not the property. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> so stuff like that you have to be aware of too. And like, yeah. just make sure you're communicating openly. Like, Hey, this is the address, like set up a showing book a time. So generally what we do, <clears throat> um, to get showings done is, uh, I used to, I think this is more common than a lot more people, but I used to do these open house style things. Right. Um, where you basically say, look on, on, you know, Friday afternoon or Saturday morning between 10 and whatever we're doing a showing. If you want to attend, let me know. And, uh, we'll love to see you there. And, uh, then you do a confirmation email closer to the time. And then you end up having like five or 10 people show up or sometimes more depending on how crazy it is. Yeah. And, uh, depending on how you price your unit and all these people show up and then you eventually get someone to rent. And, uh, just because we're working more with like higher end units and generally speaking, like professionals, higher end clientele, um, like they, they prefer and they really like the, um, the vibe of having like a one-on-one -on -one viewing. Right. So we've, we've kind of altered our strategy a little bit to have like specific time slots when people can come, but we generally try and group them. Right. So like if you're doing showings as a landlord and you're getting all these responses from your ads and you're trying to fill a unit quickly or whatever, um, you don't want to be like, Hey, you want to do Friday afternoon at seven. You want to do Saturday morning at two and whatever, like yeah. whatever. Right. And then, um, not at two on Saturday morning. That's not a thing. So, yeah. Saturday mornings are pretty late. Hey, you wake up late and then <laughs> what's your cancellation rate? Like, uh, or no show rate. So probably well, that's another thing we should highlight because probably it varies, but probably 50%. Right. 60%. Even for a high end unit. Yeah. So we had four showings booked and confirmed for yesterday or two days ago and, uh, two showed up. Yeah. Out of the four. Did they had, call? Uh, no. Uh, one message on Facebook after saying, oh, sorry, I forgot. We subsequently did a viewing with them. Um, we did have another person that we had invited that never confirmed that we left the option open that could right. come. But sometimes you get that, right? Where you send an invite out and you don't get confirmation, but it's within the time frame you're at the house. So you might might as well yeah, hang out. be there. But yeah, you do get a significant number of no-shows. Um, it can be very frustrating as a landlord. Like if you show up and you have one or two and you think they're good and no one shows up and you drove yeah. all the way here just to turn all the lights on and make it real nice and like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's part of the, the process too. Right. And then once you, it's part of the learning because once you understand that, like your time is involved and your time is valuable. And if you're going to commit to showing something like you want to make sure that they commit to their end of the deal too. Right. So and that's, that's usually a sign if somebody doesn't show up that like, yeah, you don't want to be in a relationship like that either. Right. Yep. Like if we said, and we agreed that we would do this and we confirmed that on the day and we agreed that this was going to happen and that doesn't happen and you didn't notify me or whatever, then I just don't want to deal with that in the future. Right. 
Yeah, and so how, like, what's your what's your opinion on like when rent is due? You know, yeah, is like, it going to be the same yeah. kind of thing? Like, like oh, I said yeah, I was going to pay yeah, the rent. I said I was going to do it, but eh. <laughs> I didn't really feel like paying the rent that day. <laughs> yeah, so now that's a, a sign that like things probably aren't going to go well, right? Especially yeah, when and, collecting the rent. And there, and we've had the same thing too, right? But like you said, somebody if they message you afterwards, say, oh, I'm so sorry, I yeah, forgot. That's like, okay. It yeah. happens. Yeah, I know, We get exactly. that. But yeah. generally, they're going to try and make like, up I've for that. Like, I've forgotten to go to viewings, too. <laughs> like, you know, I, I don't know how many viewings or showings I've done, but, like, I've forgotten, like, a couple times, and it's just like, oh, I was supposed to be there. And actually, it was funny, because the one time I forgot yeah. was the time when the guy was in the other... Uh, across the city at the other house oh. <laughs> i was like oh god yeah i didn't have to drive all the way to Phew. markham across the city just to show some <laughs> so that worked out but um yeah it it happens too right so we have yeah. to have grace for that situation um but if it's if it's blatant like i just set up a viewing and you're wasting my time then yeah, yeah we don't have time for that right so um ain't nobody got time for that no exactly so, and there's so many things we could talk about, about the actual viewings, like how to prepare for them, how to get the house ready for how to, and a lot of the stuff is kind of basic. Like you turn the lights on, make sure it smells good in there, make sure whatever, like, you know, you're not dressed in something that is going to be off-putting or whatever, right? Like you come out of your sewage job and you, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, tenants based on your pictures and your ad or the way you describe your ad, the tenants will be expecting certain, certain things, right? And, and as well. yeah, you want, you don't want your pictures to be this glossy thing. And then you show up and this unit's like really dingy and smelly and musty and like, doesn't whatever it doesn't jive. So, um, you want to be realistic and, and you want to be, um, able to present your property really well. But the other part of it is like, uh, that I find really exciting and maybe I just, interested in it but the relationship side of it where like you get an opportunity to meet a new person who's looking for the services that you're providing and it's it's a relationship right it's like okay well um this is what i have to offer like i have this house this is what i do this is like do you like it does it suit your needs yeah and i always try and see like okay where are they from like where are they going is this does this does this house make sense to be part of their story right like if it's uh, like you can, some people are just absolutely desperate. They need a place, whatever. And that's usually something for me that's off-putting. It's like, well, okay. Um, is that what you told the last guy? Like, how do I know this is the particular place? Like, you know, are you just telling that to everybody so you can get a place? Yeah. Is there something that is going on that uh, I don't know about? And yeah, it, 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 it takes a certain personality, I guess, to be like a, an objective judge of character and not fall for different emotional stories about different things, right? Yeah. Because the minute you do, um, your investment becomes less of a, like a business, which is what it technically is, right? And more of, um, you know, you're subsidizing their story or you're helping them out in some way. Um, beyond just providing them with the services that your business does, yeah. right? Like your, your business or like as an investor, as somebody who has a real estate, like rental, you're providing housing and that's your job. Like you, if you want to go above and beyond and like help subsidize somebody's rent, then that's a different. Do that on your personal yeah. time. Or, or account for that in your budget, right? Like, Hey, I'm really looking to help someone out here. I'm willing to put this below market rent for the right kind of person that I want to help out. Yeah. And like, we've seen that too, like whatever we help various people out in like in tough situations. Right. And a lot of time it's temporary, right? It's like, Hey, I need a place for five, six months. Yeah. This is my situation. And like, if, if we know what the situation is, we can verify that like once in a while we'll make an exception because that's what we want to do. But, we have to have the financial means to do that. We have to be prepared for that, right? Yeah. Generally speaking, you don't want to just blindly go into that situation and that's your game plan with this rental property. <laughs> yeah, because it, invari like, and I've found that too, invariably, it ends badly. And they take advantage, they, they, like the tendency is for them to take advantage of it, right? Yeah. So. so. Okay, so you've, uh, you've, you've gotten the place ready, you've got good pictures, you have, you've had showings, presumably people show up to the showing so now you've got 
I don't know, let's say you got four people that potentially could rent this place. Where do you go from there? They've answered some basic questions. Yeah. So that's the thing that uh, mm-hmm. in the last couple of years, like it's been a it's been a crazy rental market, right? So you're yeah. going to get, generally speaking, you're going to get a lot of attention and a lot of, like if, you're, if your unit's priced right, you're going to get a lot of attention, a lot of people who want to live there. Yeah. And I find it frustrating as a landlord or like difficult, I guess, not frustrating. It's like difficult to, how do you decide? And like, how do you answer the criteria? If somebody says, oh, hey, how do you decide who rents your place? It's like, I don't know, how would you decide? Like, (laughs) what if you had 30 people knocking on your door tomorrow? Like, would you just pick the first one? Like, how do you know, right? So I think that comes down to like, um, what, what is your goal with the property? And so generally what we do is if, let's say we had four, let's use the example. We have four people who are interested. Usually it's fewer actually. Right. Usually it's like two, uh, two to three. Uh, that sounds like not very much difference, but like, yeah, it, no, it, is, it, it, it yeah, it takes a bit to get four qualified people through the property and apply and whatever, like be serious and that you are serious in dealing with them. Cause generally speaking, you can kind of narrow it down. Um, and like, uh, so once you get into application processing, like there's yep. a little bit of cost and time involved in that as well. <clears throat> so like you have to do credit checks, background checks or whatever. So, um, well, we, we should go through that. Yeah. Yeah. Specifically, but I'm just but saying like there's cost involved with that. So you don't necessarily want to have like 50 applicants no. and then have to screen them all no. because it's not the best situation. Like what you're trying to do is find a tenant for yep. the property. Right. So like yeah. the more you can narrow it down. Um, so generally what we try to do is, um, let's say we get four people are interested. We'll send out applications. And that application is just the standard application form. Uh, I guess like the Aurea form, um, interior real estate form that they use. Um, you can make your own up too. Um, but there's a list of questions and basically you're trying to get information about their income, their, uh, like their past rental history and their employment history. Yeah. Um, like any kind of, um, credit issues or debt, like, you know, they have a car, what kind of payments do they have? Um, so those sorts of things. And, uh, that's very standard. Like you basically have to fill that out anywhere you go. Um, but that's, that's, that's the information we ask for and you get that back. And, um, there's other, like there's websites and stuff that do this for you. Yeah. But we like to do it manually because we like the, um, back and forth process with the tenants and actually, um, building a relationship, right? Like, Oh, Hey, you're missing this document. Can you provide that? No, 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 no. Like I like those interactions a little bit because, um, while they take a little bit of time, they also add to the flavor of the relationship and you can really build, um, build on that and learn from them. Right. Um, so, um, my wife does this. This is what I say in the showings and my wife does the screening. So maybe we should have her on the podcast, (laughs) but, um, yeah, then (laughs) I do the showing part of it generally is she'll do the screening. Um, and it works well because we actually have, and that's something probably recommend actually at this point is, um, like we have two people looking at every tenant objectively, right? So like she's never met them before. Right. And I've met them. So I vouch for them in the sense that like, Hey, I've done some pre-screening. Hey, I've done a showing. I think these people would great, great fit. Here's their application. And she takes that data having never met them before. And, um, saying, so if you have that dynamic with two different sets of eyes, yeah, that right away is like an objective opinion because you know, if she were to meet them as well, she might have the same opinion as me, but having no knowledge of it, it's just like, okay, well, does this data line up with this data that you're saying to me? Yeah. So, um, that's the kind of the way that we do it in our company and, um, with our clients is, um, we'll, we'll take that kind of two sided approach to it. And then, um, so she'll do, um, like calling references and that's a very important one. So once you get a form back, there's going to be like employer references on there, um, you know, past like personal references as well, uh, landlord references. And we try to call all those people. Yep. And if we don't get a hold of them, we contact the tenant and say, Hey, why can't we get a hold of them? Um, because that is really like how you're going to learn, um, from who, like who these people are in reality. Like how do they treat a place? Um, do they take care of it? Do they actually show up to work? Uh, you know, 
do they have <laughs> problems with whatever their job and their employer, right? Like, is there a good relationship? And you can generally get a sense from calling these people um, where things are at. But there's, there's only certain things you can ask an employer <laughs> and a landlord as well. Yeah. Right? Like, um, I got to pull up the list of questions. Maybe I should ask chat GPT. <laughs> um, but if they, there's nothing to say they can't volunteer information, which I think often happens too, right? Yeah. Um, so some landlords, like if you, uh, like if you, I've been asked to give landlord references, right? When tenants move out yep. and, uh, yeah, you always be truthful with what's going on. Um, but some landlords might not even be aware that their tenants are moving out. So right. I've had that backfire too, where like, <laughs> wait, they're moving out. Like, wait, I'm going to lower their rent or whatever. Like they're really oh, good. Okay. Right. And then they just convince them to stay or something like that. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it just so those sorts of things. Maybe that doesn't happen every time, but <clears throat> that's something to be aware of. Yeah. But um, that's yeah, funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it can backfire to call references, yeah. but um, usually that's that's like leading practice, right? Um, make sure you're calling these people, and yeah, be wise about what questions you ask. Like, just Google it. I'm not going to give a whole list of questions because I don't have them, but yeah. we have a sheet and we do it. Um, it works really well, and then. Um, and then once you've kind of verified those, you can go through credit check. So that's looking at their financial history um, and their current status. Do uh, you pull that or do you get them to pull it? So we'll, sometimes we'll request them to pull it, like, or they'll pull it. A lot of times, like tenants are, if they're searching and they're serious, like they might pull it themselves and they'll send it to us. So we'll take that. But generally, once they get through the application process, we'll get, we'll pull our own. So you end. know that it's a legitimate yeah, credit yeah. check. So, cause we've got so many screenshots from Scotiabank, this and that. And it's like, your name's not even on this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you Google good credit check for tenant screening process. And it's like the first Google picture. <laughs> um, yeah, but that, that'll give you a good picture of like how they pay their bills. Right. And what kind of debt obligations they have. Um, do they have a lot of student debt or debt that they shouldn't have? So are you pulling bank records then too or requesting bank records? So we just, in the application, we ask for proof of income and that can be bank statements, um, you know, a T4, that can be um, like a job letter. Um, and we'll just save one of those. And sometimes people will read, we'll send all of them. Right. Or they send multiple because they really want it. Um, so we get whatever, and then we'll, we'll process that information and, um, look through it and we're looking for consistency. We're looking for, um, and, and a credit credit's an interesting one because somebody's story could line up and make total sense and be, they look like a great tenant. Um, and their credit's not good. Right. So generally what the question is in my head is, well, do you know that your credit's not good? And like, are you aware? Right. Yeah. And then what are you doing about it? Like, how did this happen? And like, what are you doing about it? Right. And even if we're not going to rent to them, I want them to be able to answer those questions. Right. And they, they leave our relationship. It's like, okay, well, this is not the right unit for you because like you clearly can't make your payments, but let's leave this relationship knowing that you know where you're at and what you can do to fix it. And right. You will be in a better yeah, spot. Hopefully. Exactly. So we try to like, do that for people too. Like when we do get to the point where we're pulling credit. Um, but yeah, if, if people can respond, like I know my credits this because of this happened and, and there's a justifiable reason and it makes sense and aligns up with everything else, then there's situations where we accept it. And a right. lot of the times, um, we will go to get a co-signer. So that's like another step that you can employ if, um, if somebody just doesn't have the income or doesn't have the credit or something, there's something about the application that you're a little bit questionable on. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of times people want the unit and they can afford the unit, but there's something and they're like, Oh, what if I get a co-signer? And then it's like, okay, well then the rent's guaranteed yeah. by somebody else. Um, then we're willing to, to have you. And so we've had situations like that as well, where you have a rental guarantor form signed Yeah. and then they guarantee. So, Okay. Um, so I saw something interesting the other day. It was a video on, uh, I don't know, probably Facebook or something, but where this uh, tenant had submitted a job letter 
and there was just one little thing like the guy did a really good job one little thing on there that he was like i don't know something seems off so he like uh, the landlord was the landlord he yeah skeptical yeah so he he posted this all online and um so they had the job letter so he calls up the company and speaks to the uh purported hr head and uh immediately they confirm without him prompting the information that's on the letter so like length of um length of employment in the exact Salary. dollar amount that they make yeah right he's like well that's kind of weird because normally you know <laughs> they might have to look it up yeah at, at the very least yeah and you know if it's you know ninety two thousand four hundred, they might just say they make ninety two thousand. yeah instead of that yeah. exact amount yeah right so he did a little bit more investigating and looked at the the website of the company and and basically like inspected certain elements and was like, oh, okay, this was made on Wix. Okay, let me go to Wix and then looked up like, oh yeah, this is like the exact template that you would get off of Wix. They didn't even change anything. It's, yeah. really, it's a basic template. And then like inspected some more of the elements, like a lot more than most landlords would do. Yeah. And uh, anyways, in the end, he determined that this was like just a fake, um, fake job letter in a fake company. Yeah. The company didn't actually uh, exist or do anything, but... Um, and, and my thought is that this was probably uh, a service that somebody offers. Probably wasn't just one tenant doing like a big elaborate thing. Yeah. But it's probably like they Googled, um, How do you know, I... fake, uh, yeah. fake job letters, fake, or... fake job letter. And, uh, and like, there's, there's a lot of that. I've seen more of that, uh, as well, just on, um, from other, uh, you know, either realtors or landlords, um, who, who are flagging this, like just a ton of fraud going around. So you've got to be very diligent in how you're, um, yeah, how you're it, verifying this stuff, yeah, right? A hundred percent. Like it is, um, it is something that, uh, it's the risk of the landlord and ultimately like there's only limited tools that you can use, right? Like you can yeah. get a job letter. If you suspect something's fishy, like you can dig into it, but whatever if you can't prove anything then like what are you what are you gonna do right yeah like you, you kind of go with your gut and at the end of the day like it's it's your decision right you can say yes or no and if you don't feel great well, about it then <laughs> i mean they could take it to uh to court as well yeah right? yeah if they feel there's discrimination so then you need to have yeah. a little bit of proof that you weren't well, I mean, everything's discrimination. Like you're discriminating based on their salary and everything. Yeah, what, credit. Is what does that mean? But illegal discrimination, I <laughs> yeah. guess. So, yeah, like do you hang on? To, this is something I don't really generally do, but do you hang on to any of these records? We hang on to all the, uh, not all the applications, generally the application that we accepted. Okay. So, yeah, we've we've just found that like nothing has ever really come out of it, but we just hold on to the application that gets accepted and some of the supporting documents and emails. Okay. Or whatever. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Like most of the time these are great tenants and like nothing ever happens, but that's, yeah, I do want to be prepared for whatever, um, could happen. And that's like, I guess the final step is like, we don't generally do, um, like a criminal background check. Um, but that's another step too, right. To verify, and you mentioned there's like some websites where you can actually Google. Yeah. Quick, like there's quick searches you can do to actually get uh, a sense without having to pay to do a criminal background check. But yeah, Canly is uh, like the Canadian legal site. So if there's if that person has ever been involved in a either a civil or even a criminal um, judgment, yeah. um, the the records are online. It's Canly, C-A-N-L-I-I, and you just Google their name and um, yeah. Hopefully it's not a super common name. <laughs> so everybody go there and type their name in and see if they would be able to get a, yeah, <laughs> a rental Google unit. yourself once in a while. You'd be surprised what shows up. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that would be kind of the final step, right? Like um, if everything checks out and, um, you know, they're not a criminal, they have credit that you can handle and um, their income is at a ratio to the rent that you think is sustainable and uh you can go down the list of the references that you've called and the story checks out um it's actually interesting because if you have well, a lot of times we have like multiple people right it's like husband and wife boyfriend yeah. girlfriend like two people staying together um and it like 
when you have that situation, you have more references to call and you have more of a story to flesh out, right? Because there's like, oh, why are you leaving? Why are you leaving? Why are you doing this? What like, mm-hmm. there's so many different um, things that you can piece together, and then usually those stories become more interesting and like yeah. um, fleshed out, and and it's easier to catch things that might be like, okay, that doesn't make sense. Whereas if it's one person, then like you said, they could go on a website and just like find me a good job letter that is whatever. <laughs> right? But if you can't ask their wife or whatever, like, is this job letter re- real? <laughs> yes, it's real. Okay. So, <clears throat> um, yeah, I don't know if there's anything else specific to uh, tenant screening um, that we want to get into. No, I don't think so. But uh, just we've, we've talked about it and people often mention it. You got to do your screening, but like, how do you actually do that? Right. It's, yeah. it's good to have, especially if you're a first time um landlord or you just you don't do it very often you do it once every five years or ten years right like all these steps to go through and um it's but i think it's very important that you do that especially given what we talked about last episode with delays at landlord tenant board and and just this sort of combative relationship in general between tenants and landlords it doesn't have to be that way but certainly perception that it is and um yeah, I think for a lot of, of people like who go through this process, like they're going to do it, even if they don't do it frequently or they're doing it for the first time, like the chances of you getting a good tenant are pretty high. Yeah. Like even if you make some mistakes in the process, like not every tenant is a bad tenant, right? The, te- the ones that make yeah. the news, like there's so many good tenants out there and there's so many people who need a place that like the chances of you getting a bad tenant are low. Right. I would say, right? Unless unless you're doing like completely the opposite of the process we just kind of described, then uh, like whatever, right? But but what you're going to find is as you do more of this and more experience and you're going to find little tricks of the trade, little things that like are red flags, right? Like the dog picture, for example. It's like, well, if you don't want pets in your unit and the guy posted <laughs> out, like whatever, that's obvious, right? Yeah. So little things that come up as you're going, you're like... Um, and then another benefit to it too, is like, if you're doing this frequently, then a lot of the times there's like the benefit of, Hey, you applied for this unit and we accepted the other guy, but you would be good. So why don't you rent in this house? Right. Right. So that scale of having multiple units on the go at all times, um, like at least in our situation and, uh, maybe not everybody has this, but like you can have some tenants who, just don't get accepted here, not because they're bad tenants, but they're great tenants who just accepted someone else because there was 10 applicants or whatever. Yeah. And then you have a list of other properties or options, right? Yeah. So um, we find, yeah, when people come to us for this kind of service, we're able to juggle these things. And sometimes it works to their advantage because they'll get someone faster or like someone good right away that they wouldn't have got, right? Because you've done that yeah. whole well, process. Yeah, we've done the screening already, already yeah. and they're ready to move in. They just need a place. And yeah. then like, you find a place that just matches and you're like, okay, well, like, you know, I don't there even need to list this one because um, generally they still like to list it, but um, yeah, it, it speeds up the process massively, which is a big thing when you're investing, right? Like if you have a month of vacancy, um, but that's another thing maybe we just touch on quickly is like, um, vacancy is kind of like the enemy in this situation, but at the same time, like if you're locking in somebody that could be your tenant for 10 years and they're not good, yeah. would you sacrifice a month of rent for a good tenant? And I've heard arguments on both sides, kind of some saying like, you know, you have to have no vacancy and it's better to lower the rent and get somebody in quick or whatever. And then other people say like, you know, I'd rather let the unit sit for a month or two and find someone good at the price I want because they could be here forever and, so that's up to you too, but that's another thing to consider. Yeah, it's not strictly a math question. Like yeah. part of it is, you know, if you're going to have a vacancy of one month every three years, then you sort of build your rent to uh, to suit that. I mean, market rent is market rent, so you can't be too far off of that. But you also need to consider like, you know, if you have the ideal situation where every three years you've got a new tenant, and there's a month, but what about the the inverse? If you have a bad tenant who destroys yeah. your place and doesn't pay rent, yeah, like then it's worth like there's no question it's worth it to let it sit for two months, yeah, till you find the right tenant, yeah. So it's it's like risk uh, risk analysis, right? and there's 
there is seasonality to this. Like there's seasonality to the real estate market in terms of buying a house. Like yeah. there's more listings certain time of the year, right? In the spring, a lot of people like to move. It's the same thing with renters and with uh, vacancies. Like a lot more people, like, would you like to move over Christmas and New Year's? Probably not, right? So to try and find... Unless you had to. Yeah. So to try and find tenants in the winter months when most people don't want to move if they can avoid it, um, or there's less reasons to move, like people move more frequently when they go to school or when their kids go to school. Like, so there's these kind of seasonalities to the market. And um, yeah, if you're off season and somebody is moving, like just be a little bit more aware because there might be a reason they have to move, right? Like they're getting kicked out or they're getting evicted for a reason out of this place and they need a place in January one. Right. And it's always, it's, uh, it's, it's tough to pinpoint those situations, but they do come up. Right. And, um, more frequently in the off season when, um, people are like, they have to move for a reason. They're not just like choosing to move in the middle of February. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And it's just another clue yeah. when you're uh, yeah. when you're dealing with people. Sweet. What do we do? Talk about short-term rentals next time? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, you know, we're just going to make this a series. My brain has been fully picked by you, so. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> next time, I will pick Mark's brain, small okay. though it may be. <laughs> it is delectable. <laughs> No, it is uh, it is full of stories about short and midterm tenant screening, uh, and what we can do to make sure that if we're doing Airbnb or a short term strategy, midterm being like you know a couple months, what can we do to find the best tenant? And uh, yeah, let's jump into that next time. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Two Stewards Show. If you like my voice better, click subscribe. And if you like my voice better, click share. If you like both, give us a five-star rating. To interact with the show, feel free to reach out at hello at twostewards.ca. We'll see you in the next episode. In the meantime, steward your wealth wisely.